Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. I hope my mic is good because it's new. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Corey BMTG. What is up, bro? Hey, Brad. I am doing great. Very nice uh, radio announcer voice you got there. I think uh, I think you'd have a career in radio. Well, thank you. You're welcome. No, I'm doing great, though. Ready to talk uh, some fun announcements, BS with the boys, and have a good episode. Well, when you say boys as a plural, that means we've got a special guest, and that is none other than Brian Brown Dewan. What is up, Brian? It is an honor and a privilege <laughs> to be the special guest for no reason on this episode of the <laughs> Brothers Who Bash podcast. I mean, it's better than being on the Brothers Who Ass podcast, right? No. It's true. It's stinkier. It's, there. it's actually worse than being on the Brothers Who Ass podcast, <laughs> so known as the Aspros podcast. Speaking Bro- of which, <laughs> unveiling. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, unveiling, that is an exciting thing that we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> we're un- um, unboxing some ass. We're we certainly we're spreading, some ass. spreading the news, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We are going to be branching out and adding some, I would say, less magic, more casual, more our lives, more co- other content things, uh, episodes in a few weeks. Now, Brian's out of town for two weeks and Corey isn't able to do a podcast next week. So I still have to find someone to be on next week's episode with me. But in a few weeks, we're going to be unveiling our kind of mini episodes called the Aspros podcast. Yeah. And so look out for that. You're going to find it at the same home. It's going to be under the same umbrella, wherever Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher that you listen to the Bachelor's podcast. There'll also be an option for a smaller, more condensed episode about just us literally shooting the shit. Yeah. (laughs) Variety of non-magic topics. Um, But yeah, finally, actually, you know, putting our money where our, uh, I don't I know that analogy, <laughs> we're going to be putting our money somewhere and actually making the Aspros podcast, of which I am incredibly excited about actually doing that. So I've been well, wanting to do it for a long time now. So let's give them a little sample of some ass. All right. <laughs> let's give them a cheek. You know, let's cut off a cut off a piece of cheek here because our, our main topic today is just going to be going through the 2021 um what is it called showcase episode i watched it i read it um a lot of stuff about what's going to be happening in 2022 and since this is kind of a lull period i mean for fuck's sake i still have to play a goddamn standard format (laughs) like old standard still (laughs) like like magic's kind of like modern's cool historic new stuff's coming out but we 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 don't get to play with it yet y'all will get to experience that today when this comes out um, but yeah, we're just going to talk about what the future holds and the excitement we have for it. But Brian and I actually, be, well, I, Brian just got into it because you've got your own project going on. I, I got to, I got to interrupt before you get to this. I love the fact that we're like, we're on like neon future Kamigawa, Lord of the Rings magic. And you're like still playing fucking <laughs> Edgewall innkeepers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. Yeah, there's oh Fortnite crossovers and stuff, but we're just yeah, still playing Edgewall Innkeeper Block Constructed. We're talking about 2022, like, ridiculous shit. 2023 stuff, even, that's coming out in Magic. And Brad's, like, you know, still playing 2019 Magic here or whatever. <laughs> oh, oh it's, it is it is actually crazy how much I've mastered Adventures. 
I like, believe that. Yeah. It's it's just it's crazy. It's like before I'd be like, you know how you know how like you, you know your sequence with Love Star Beast and Edgewell and Kipper would be like, make a one one, you know, cast Heart's Desire, which I know the names of them all because I've been playing them forever. <laughs> um, it only took you three years. Yeah, to cast Edgewell and Keeper, cast Love Star Beast. Right, that was the sequence. Well, now there's like more often than not, it's make a one one. Don't play a dwelling keeper. Wait till turn four and play it. Yeah. And like, these are plays I never made, you know, a year ago. Um, and, and like I, I passed the turn so much more with edge dwelling keepers and, and it's just crazy how I've just like completely mastered this, these, these cards I've kept. There's no way that I have cast, uh, any other card in standard more than any of the adventure three, the big adventure three. Oh, yeah. Which one like, have you cast the most? It's got to be Bond Crusher, right? Bone Crusher, or, Hearts, or yeah, probably Bone Crusher or Heart's Desire, right? Like, or if you're really lucky, you've cast Edgewell Innkeeper the most. But I mean, that's that's just fortunate. Then they're all on top of your deck. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's crazy. Just thinking about like I couldn't even give you a, a how many thousand times I've seen these things happen. But yeah. well, let's not get into that. Let's actually <laughs> stop for a sec because. Yesterday, Arena had an oh, two days ago for people listening now, Arena had an update because they had to get all of these arena only cards uh, ready. And it was supposed to last from like 9 a.m. to 2. So I had, t- I had plans with my testing team to to play some. And that didn't happen because I couldn't even use Arena all day. So because I scheduled my time around doing this, I said, fuck it. And I tried Storybook Brawl for the first time. Mm. And and I have now played it like I'd say I played like 10, 10 of the matches or whatever. I've trophied three, which is kind of cool. Um, is that just like five owing a league or like what's what's the equivalent? It's, I'm eight, to try. It's, no. it's, it's eight players. So 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 this is an auto battler. And for those of you who are not familiar, how an auto battler works is you have a you have your base character that gives your team a, a, a minuscule ability. At the beginning of the round, you'll get the option of picking your champion. And it'll have some ability like the front row get bonuses or these kind of creatures get bonuses. You and you get an you get a selection of choices. You don't you don't get to go into it having picked your champion. Yes, okay. you, you, so have you, to, you have a it, selection of choices. It, it pops up a selection for you every game. So you're not always playing the same champion. Like it's not like um, you know, some other game like it's not like a game like League of Legends where it's like these are the two champions that I always play. It's like you have to be versatile because you it will randomly generate champions that you are able to select one of those to play. Okay. And it generates four, but um, I mean, I'm assuming for Brad and definitely for me, uh, I haven't unlocked very many champions yet. So I've only unlocked one so far. It will always be two that you don't have to unlock that you get to just play. And then it'll be two more that require unlocking uh, or that it'll basically there will always be two that you get to play for free. And then the other two, maybe you've unlocked them or not as to whether you have those options, but yeah. And so then how it works then is you have a buy round where the game starts, you get two gold and your characters at level two and all of the things you can pick from are level two and you pick a minion and it has abilities. And then it has like a creature type, a sub creature type sometimes and, and an ability and a power and a toughness. And then you battle your opponent. But why it's an auto battler is it's random who goes first and 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 your creatures do attack left to right. 
front row to back row, I believe. Yep. Um, but they attack randomly. Yeah, okay. randomly they'll attack. Yeah, so there's like some order to it. Like there, there's an order to how your characters will attack, and uh, there's seven slots. So you you can you can buy creatures and place them up into seven slots worth, and then you have four like backup slots basically where you have like creatures that aren't part of your main squad or sitting back there and like maybe some of there's a lot of synergy between all these different creatures uh so sometimes like maybe you'll have someone in your back that you're not playing it in your main squad because it doesn't have the synergy but then later on you pick up some pieces and you'll move it in or um you know, maybe it's sitting there so that you can later sell it back to the bank to get the the resource that you need to buy something that's really powerful for you or whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's actually interesting. There's a lot. There's a there's a ton of depth. Like one of the cool things uh, you talking about the back row. So yeah, you, yeah, you just have these hands where they're not in the fight, but there are creatures that say whenever you cast a spell, each time when you buy stuff, you you have the options of like three to five things plus a spell, and you can only buy one spell around. And there's like a creature that says a minion that says whenever you cast a spell, um, all of your mages get plus one plus one permanently. So yeah. that creature you might just have on your back row and it's still triggering everything. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot of the creatures, even if they're not part of your main squad, they'll still get benefits from things happening, um, which is which is pretty cool. Like there's there's one that's like a horse. And anytime you purchase an animal from the uh you know from the store it gets an extra point of toughness and there's some cool things you can do with that where it's like you can purchase animals and then sell them right back to the bank um and you lose a little bit of resources doing that but it's a way to just like oh i have a little extra gold at the end of this round i'm gonna buy like two animals and sell them back and get a couple extra toughness on this horse or whatever um, yeah, and then just, there's and then there's like creatures that when they die, you also it gets toughness when you summon and summoning is some creatures is a one one and when it dies it creates a one one black cat which is an animal so then the, it'll get power from that too yeah or toughness from that but yeah it's just it's a really in depth game I don't really understand I'm starting to get to the point where like so far I've played like ten games and now I know I would say like a dozen cards without double checking them. Yeah, I, um, I found one of the biggest issues for me when I first started playing was the clock. Uh, yes, it either it, you either have too much time or not enough time. Yeah, and and there are strategies too where you're actually just gated by the clock completely. It's like I I find that the clock screws me over because I'm not good enough at the game yet to where I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and yeah. so I'm like tanking super hard and um and struggling to make decisions and then i run out of time and and i probably could have done something way better but there's also some strategies where you you start chaining things together and uh you actually could keep going almost indefinitely if it wasn't for the clock and that's kind of cool i too. have no idea what you're talking there that's cool <laughs> yep yeah, that sounds, that's the, sounds uh, wild people seem to be loving it too as far as i've seen you know you people know, you playing just give it a shot yeah. It's free and just try it for a few minutes. And this is we're not sponsored by Storybook Ball, but we'd love to be LSV. <laughs> uh, Isn't it Josh? I think it's Josh's game. Well, well LSV, is, LSV took over the marketing like, of the VP yeah. of marketing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it was so, originally Josh's game, and then Matt Nass, I think, came on to uh and they teamed up or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, there's like there's like seven or eight people who were part of the design for that game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how it all went down. That's just what I saw. But yeah, it, it, it is a fun game and, and there's like a huge depth of strategy to it, and uh there's a lot of luck too, for sure, and and a lot of really cool things that you can do. And I I like have gotten better than when I started, but I'm still like a long way to go. And I honestly, I don't even know like how to improve. Like, I feel like, uh, I think it's just, it's just having the experiences. Like one of my opponents today, I played right before we started this. And one of my opponents today was doing things that I was trying to read their cards fast enough. I had no idea how they were doing what they were doing. (laughs) Like I had no idea. They were just like creating a bunch of extra minions that like, I've never seen them randomly, so I'm trying to read their treasures and I'm reading their creatures. Well, Brad, it's just the fight the, is over. It's just the adventure yeah. side of Lovestruck Beast. You get a creature off of that. That's how yeah. they're getting so many of these minions. You know, it's just <laughs> sometimes it feels like a slot machine. Like it literally, so many things are happening on the board and jinging, and uh, creatures are getting power and toughnesses boosts, and it's just like, what is happening? Yeah, and just at the end, it'll just tell you like you won or you lost. Now I have no like, idea how right. you take damage too. Like sometimes they have like a hundred, like a thousand power on me, and I'm like, what? I can't win. And then I take like thirteen. I'm like, why didn't I die? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. you take you take damage. It's not based on power and toughness. It's um, you take so the way the game works is each player there's eight players. Each player starts with forty health. And okay. every round you get paired randomly against one of the other eight players in the thing. You battle them with the creatures that you have in play. And then it goes back to like goes back to the in-betweens phase after that. And then the in-between phase, you you keep whatever creatures you have. Like you don't lose them between battling. Okay. Um, even if they die in the battle, you know, they're still part of your squad, and then you buy things from the store and you're improving your squad as the game is progressing and then you go into the next battle against the next player and there's strategy um which i'm not good enough to 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 do this at this point but it's like you can see who your next opponent is and you can see like who their champion is and you oh, really and you can, i didn't know that yeah you can it's on the it's on the left side of the screen and so it's like oh. you might be like oh my next opponent um is is playing a champion there's one champion where it gives extra health uh to the units in in the front row and it's like okay that's who i'm playing against next so i need to order my lineup in such a way that makes sense like if i have if i have somebody who can't deal enough damage to kill a creature that has extra two health maybe i shouldn't be playing them this round or something so there's there's strategy there um Uh but yeah it's the way it works is you start with 40 health and at the end of a round, whoever defeats all the opposing creatures, they deal then damage to the to the opposing player. And the amount of damage that's dealt is um, each unit in, on the board deals one damage and then uh, you deal your hero deals damage equal to like what level they currently are. Uh, so that's okay, why that that's why sense. they're taking like 13 damage and not 
you know okay. that makes sense 900,000 damage or the last game that I've played that's like this and this is really going to show off my age just is Final Fantasy Tactics from back in the day and that's the only thing that I have played that sounds somewhat similar uh, I know, oh, God, I know I it's mean, not the same but no 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 <laughs> I actually I truly do believe though Cor you will like this game yeah no and honestly I've been looking to um you know dip into another one of these games you know Starbuck Ball, Legend of Runtara. I've enjoyed um, the looks of both of them. Just coming up with some extra time, but yeah, definitely gonna gonna give it a shot. Yeah, the only downside to it so far, and that's just because it's new, is that I can't play it on my iPad. Yeah, okay. I really want to play it on my iPad. It's, yeah, you can only get it through Steam, and you have to play it on a desktop. And mm. so I'd love to play it on my iPad. It's very much you can get an a iPad Surface game Pro. too. Like you can get a it, Surface Pro. Oh, they designed it for that. They just probably aren't there yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like these games are, they are simplistic enough that you could play them on your. I mean, and I think some of the other ones, like Hearthstone, I think you can play on your on your phone the the mm. auto battler and stuff. Yeah. Like they're they're very simplistic games in in terms of like the function of the game, but the strategy is is in depth and. Actually, the like the reason I even started playing this game is is I'm uh, started teaching myself Unity, which is a programming language that's used to make a lot of games, including Story Storybook Brawl was made with Unity as well. Tongue twister. And yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't say it. Stony Brook Angler. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> gotta throw a magic term out there so that Men- mengu is still around but yeah, yeah exactly no, we gotta hook him in yeah it was it was made with unity and i'm i'm i have had this idea for a game that i've wanted to make for a long time it actually predates the auto battler genre uh that's how long i've been wanting to make this game but it's actually kind of similar to a lot of these auto battlers and uh so I'm, i i want to play like a bunch of them and kind of figure out like the things that I like and the things that I don't like. So I can maybe incorporate some of that into the game I'm trying to make, but hell yeah, that'd be sweet. I'd play sweet. Cause <laughs> you, I will be forcing you to play. Ah, uh, okay. Then I'm out. <laughs> then I'm out. Yeah. I didn't think I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, yeah. I'm excited to finish this episode so I can go back to playing that. Um, I mean, <laughs> it, I, I, I keep like, getting mad at LSV for promoting this game. I mean, obviously this is stupid to say because this week I should be playing standard, but my God, I hate it. And, but every time I log into store for I'm like, I am losing equity in the biggest tournament of my life, but dear God, I mean, you, you just, you, there's so many times you can see your opponent cast, you know, uh, uh, now I did forget the name of it. What's the draw for in, in rogues. <laughs> into the story or whatever yeah. yeah into the story or get emberclave sounds like you're going Minota. into the into the story yourself brad you're going into the story bro going so like brawls deep over there <laughs> but i haven't i've been enjoying the game a lot and i might i might stre- start streaming it too i mean i don't know if there's an audience but it's I'm, it's it's a fun game. I'm gonna be honest. I I have considered streaming it. That's how much I've been. Oh Brian, no, yeah, that's right. Streaming careers coming back. It's it, yeah, it's not. But I would consider streaming it. <laughs> I I'm, I am not good. Like I, you're you're probably already better than I am. Like I I bet not. You 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 have such more depth in gaming stuff than I do. You 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 do not give yourself enough credit for stuff like this. 
Maybe. I don't know. I feel do like I'm any, really... Do you have any trophies? Oh, yeah. I have a lot of them, but... Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've won I feel like most I'm... of my games. No big deal. No. It, I mean, there's eight... It's an eight-player eight, eight game with a lot of RNG. You don't <laughs> win that often. Like... You, you know, I think I think if you're doing really well, you're probably winning like one in five or one in six. Dude, you know? Sometimes sometimes by like round two or three, I like have just a motley crew and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do terribly this game. And my opponent just has like 20 power already. And I'm like, how? Yeah, same. How do you how do you do this? How, how is this possible? There was a game and I I don't know how it was possible. Like, I, I still haven't figured out how it was possible, but I entered my fourth uh, level there's you could you start at level two and you go up to level six and i had just hit level four which is pretty early in the game and my opponent not only had a level six but it was already fully upgraded and i and they were themselves were also level six and i i couldn't fathom how they had gotten to level six that fast and already had a level six unit that had been upgraded which to upgrade a unit, you have to buy three copies of it. And there's a treasure. Did you did you check the treasure? There's a treasure that upgrades your last unit. Oh yeah, and and it and it gets destroyed when it does. That must have been how they did it. Yeah, but they had this. They had like an upgraded. I, I can't even remember. It was like one of the best. Uh, I think it was that tr- that tree that like gives everything plus attack based on. Uh, oh yeah, based yeah. on its toughness. Like that card's so good. Okay, and, we, need to, uh, we need to we need to get off the story. I understand, but now we're getting <laughs> to the nitty gritty. We Corey doesn't know what the fuck we're saying. Neither does most of our audience. Yeah, I'm oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> this is getting very hairy. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're trying to get into the Aspros podcast yes. content. We're trying to feel it out, y'all. This See, is not a like good it. one to start with. People are like, no. oh, I don't want it. <laughs> no, that, that's not that's not what the that's not what Aspros is going to be like. We're we're going to talk about things that are more universal. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like Legends of Runtara gameplay. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Artifact, actually. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's some really good Artifact tournaments coming out that we got to check out. Okay. But <laughs> let's actually get to our main topic today. Let's do it. Um, and we're not gonna we're not gonna get into too much nitty-gritty today. We're just gonna have a fun, casual, small oh, yeah. conversation about it. Um, we're gonna talk about the what happened in Magic Showcase 2021. And now there is an article that we're going to be reviewing together. So if you want to go to Wizards, you can find the article is called What Happened in Magic Showcase 2021 by Adam uh, Staborski. And we're just going to go down the line and talk about what they announced. Um, yep. Starting turn, with turn to page no seven in your organized play. <laughs> starting with the tree that gives everything. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Starting with zero organized play. All right, Corey, what's up? You should talk. Yeah. <laughs> Could you talk a little more? Like you're not saying anything. Come on, this is a three person podcast. Can you at least contribute? Sorry, I'll, I'll, I was playing Storybook Brawl. Sorry, I was trying to get caught up. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I was disappointed because we didn't hear anything from OP. But with looking back to like the showcase from last year and like what that was all about and stuff, it makes sense that that. They don't combine those announcements, right? So I, I assume we're going to hear something. That we're, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's also true that they told us that like OP is going to change to what we're not going to like, really. Yeah. And also that we're still in the middle of COVID and things are spiking. So like, yeah, you know, it we makes might sense. Want, yeah, it makes sense why why we're we're at where we're at. Um, But yeah, so 
a bunch of secret layers got dropped. We'll talk about those later because that is not here. The first thing is talking about <laughs> Innistrad or Innistrad Midnight Hunt and Innistrad Crimson Vow. Now, Innistrad Midnight Hunt is coming out next month. It actually got pushed back a week, which was sad. I didn't know this. Yep. Uh, it releases on the 16th, which guess what, Corey and huh? Brian? Huh? I was really excited to start streaming New Standard, but my mom and stepdad get into town on the 16th. So uh, they're here until the 23rd. So wow. even after it comes out, I still can't do anything for a week. Tori's parents are here from the 16th to the 23rd of September as well. Oh, my <laughs> God. Really? They're here for the entire same. T- they must they be, on be on the, the same, same flight. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's multiple there's multiple different flights, but that'd be funny if they were. Yeah. I mean, there's only like two or three flights that go into Roanoke like per day. That's kind of no joke, to be honest. So they easily could be depending on what time they're flying. But did they, did they do Delta? Uh, I don't know. I don't know for sure. Um, check. You should check because they might just be on the same flight. They absolutely might. So, yeah, Brad, the whole thing is we have to make them very very good friends which we've already introduced uh um your parents and tori's parents so now we just have to get them to be really close so then we can go stream new standard that's true we can get them distracting with each other and and actually hang out with who we truly love magic (laughs) magic the gathering yes go to our abusive relationship yeah yeah are you mean the abusive relationship between us and twitch chat (laughs) no our (laughs) twitch chats are awesome that's true that's true yeah, no, that is going to be fun. I think preview season starts. It was supposed to be next Friday, next Thursday, but now it's the Thursday after that we'll just start to see cards. Um, so, yeah, still a little ways away, but it's crazy. It comes out on the no, 16th. The first, I think, only- no, I think I think next Tuesday is the first show where we're going to get to see previews. Yeah. They say September 2nd. Okay. September yeah, next 2nd? Next Thursday. Yes. Ooh. Uh, it got think, pushed back. My preview card was September 3rd and they pushed it to September 9th or September 10th. No, but but you you were supposed to come out a week late. Ah, okay, okay. It says, that makes sense. On the thing we're reviewing, on the page, it says on September 6th, on the September 2nd, come to watch the uh, live show. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. And then if anyone wants to jump right into spoiler season, right after this comes out, <laughs> right, this set comes out on uh, the 23rd or 4th, I think, um, uh, truly comes out paper. Okay. Uh, digitally it'll come out the week before then we've got innistrad crimson vow which comes out two months later that fast yeah they just they're back to back they're just back to back sets i wonder why they're doing that because it's supposed to be like very similar themes right like i guess by the pictures alone it just looks like we're seeing a lot of werewolves uh in midnight hunt and a lot of vampires in crimson vow but um and that still feels soon right isn't it usually three months minimum well, there's usually, uh, is this the fourth set? This is the fifth standard set to come out this year, right? I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it is because this this one triggers, this is the, the eighth set or the fourth of this year, which, or no, this will be the ninth. I'm pretty sure, sh- maybe not. I don't know. Who cares? Um, All I know is that these are coming back to back and there's still four sets next year. So I'm pretty sure there's just an extra standard set. Maybe not. Maybe it's not. Um, I don't think it's an extra standard set. Didn't they just change the uh, time frame of when sets released? Because it used to be September was the fall set, and then it was like February was the next set, and and then and then yeah. it was like April and then summer, and it was like... Yeah. But they, they changed that. Now it's like September's the fall set, and then it's like December... 
um, is the next set, and then you know they they space it out more evenly. Oh, okay. But it is yeah, because then we because then we still have four sets next year with this announcement ending in the brothers' war. Right. And Brad, we have to do some fun things where, you know, oh, we will. during we will. set release, we got to like, you know, put some war paint on and do like a Brothers War stream battle or something. I say we just <laughs> wrestle and, and throw it on TikTok every day. Yeah. Just actual fights. I think yeah. that sounds good. Yeah. Go back to our roots of when we were kids. I'm in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so is it just those after Brothers War? Do we rotate again? Sorry to get caught up on uh, on the stream, but. Um, like, is that when standard do, uh, rotates no, again? It, it would be in theory, it would be after, um, streets of new Capina, like then, cause then that, that'll be four sets, right? Cause we're having a rotation before the Innistrad and then another Innistrad. Yeah. And then we have Kamigawa. Then we have streets of new Campina, Campina. I don't know. Streets uh, of and Campina. Then, and then it should rotate for Q3 when Dominaire United comes out. I gotta say, really? I I think the Kamigawa thing is like legitimately incredibly cool. Like I I actually oh yeah I you know everyone's talking about like oh we need to go back to Kamigawa all the time, um, and I I always was like eh you know like I I, I think we, I could pass on that, and I never mm-hmm. like I kind of just assumed if they ever went back to Kamigawa it would like I don't know just it never excited me. But then when they revealed this, I was like. Wow, that's actually really cool. Like, that's an interesting way to go back to Kamigawa. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually think that's incredible. Like, of all the stuff that's coming out, that's the one I think is the coolest. Like, I have some mixed feelings about it, and, and it's actually funny because I hear you when I see this in my head telling me why I have mixed feelings. Okay, because you've stuck it in my head about a lot of the corporate CEO jargon stuff, right? About just comp- we've talked about companies a lot. Yep. And you're one of the people I talk to most, so I hear you the most in my head. And when I saw this, I was like, wow, this is just like, it's cool, but it would have been so much cooler. Maybe this would be nitpicking if Steampunk wasn't just hot two years ago or a year ago, you know, when things were starting to get commissioned. Like a lot of the the stuff that they've been doing was like really hot a year previously. I don't think so. It's like very influenced by pop culture. Yeah. It's not supposed to be steampunk, though. Like, that's a completely different thing, right? No, I think that this is very steampunk. I thought I thought I thought it was just a really futuristic society. Steampunk's kind of more like like a futuristic Victorian type thing. I don't know. I think I think they're two di- different things, and and I'm ignorant about this stuff, so I could very easily be wrong. But I definitely think yeah, I, I, I never I never did too much research about that game except for the fact like wasn't it so buggy right when it no, came no, out? Steampunk that... is a, is a is a style. It's a st- oh yeah. They... Oh, I'm thinking cyberpunk. Never mind. Well, that <laughs> oh, was... that's what I meant too. Cyberpunk. Oh, oh I, yeah, okay. I, I feel like this is influenced by that. Yeah, steampunk. I, I said it wrong. Steampunk <laughs> is like actual Victorian engineering. Okay, I speak fluent, Brad. I was I was already on yeah. to what he was saying. Okay, yeah. you yeah, yeah, you're talking I'm about the cyberpunk. cyberpunk game 2077 or whatever that came out a while ago. That's right. okay. Yeah, and just and just cyberpunk esque stuff. Like we just had um that movie. Uh, what's like the remake of it? It had Harrison Ford where he used to hunt down robots oh um it was not a remake it was a it was a sequel right or sequel blade, yeah, blade sorry, runner right blade runner yeah that was actually a really blade, good blade, movie by the way 
Well, it was a fantastic movie, but yeah, this gave me like Blade Runner vibes. Mm. Speaking of great movies, Brian, you got to see the new Ryan Reynolds movie. If you haven't seen it, Free Guy, that movie was amazing. I've heard it's actually it's actually fantastic. Yeah, it was I've heard, incredible. I've heard really good things about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it looked like something that was catered to me, but at the same time, I felt like I don't know if I really cared to see it. But just with all the positive feedback, I will I've tell heard, you yeah. that. I will tell you that I thought that the plot was going to be very hollow just to make a lot of jokes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what. And it has a, it has an extremely rich plot. Okay. It's actually the best movie I've seen all year. Yeah. And I don't say that lightly because cool. it was super good. I, yeah. I, I, I can't I can't make that same claim because I don't remember all the movies I watched this year because COVID time is a hellscape. <laughs> See, I can oh. make that claim because I can't remember all the movies I've seen this year. Yeah, so it sticks true. right up there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it's a fantastic movie. Definitely worth going to. You could see it in theaters. It, it's worth the money. Yeah, I'm not I'm not much for comedy. Like I I, I mean I like comedy. Uh, <laughs> you know I I enjoy laughing, but I I find that movies that are trying specifically to be comedy are generally missing for me. But yeah, I love I love plot driven stuff. Like I that's. You know, action and plot driven, those two things. Well, I mean, this isn't this is no departed plot, you know, like, right? Yeah. It's got a good plot. No, I mean, I'm not it's, I'm not expecting the departed, but yeah, it's, it's just not a hollow plot. It actually has a very real good plot to it. Yeah, that's cool. That's oh. all. That's all I need. Like, it's a, yep. it's a ga- gaming movie. It's got Ryan Reynolds in it. I'm already like halfway <laughs> there. I just, you know, yeah. it's. T- yeah, it was great. It was great. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, so so anyway, these two sets are coming out. But then there's another product because there's always product, right? It is called. Now, this got me. This fucking got me. It is called Innistrad Double Feature starring Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. Now, once Crimson Vow comes out, there will be a draft booster release where guess what, guys? You can draft two sets together. <laughs> <laughs> what what is that really a thing you can you can have look down look for scroll further down but yeah not no longer is a dra- is a is a set just drafted on its own but two and maybe in the future three sets Whoa. can be drafted together so like you draft one set like in one pack and then you pick up a second booster pack that nope, is not nope, the same. No, nope, no, nope, nope, not anymore. Not anymore. These are, these are their own individual products that you must purchase. Mm. That oh. Mesh the cards together. Oh, mm. so it's just the remastered sets online that, that we're doing right now. Right. Isn't it, wasn't it like Amonkhet remastered? That was effectively. Yes. This is yeah. but in paper form. Yes. Okay. Okay. Sweet. I thought it was so funny when the, <laughs> just the promotion of a double feature is like, Oh, so it's like block drafting again that yeah. I missed. So it's like the thing that we did for almost the entirety of the Ever. time that we played this game, but now instead of... But the remastered of, version, in my opinion, is worse because of the meshing. And now we just get to do the meshing. Why do you think it's worth? I, I mean, I, I think I agree with you as well, but what's your reasoning that it's worse when it's all combined instead of separate packs? Um, I don't know. I just don't like it as much. It's I don't like the curate. Well, no, I don't like the curatedness. There's cards that are missing on the set, so then I have to go check what those cards are mm, yeah. uh, if I want. Because and then it 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 the curating of it means that like everyone's going to have infinite playables because like 
it even goes further than sets now. Sets now don't have a lot of bad cards in them. Yeah. But then you even curate out those bad cards and or the worst cards. And now you just like have fully functioning packs almost all the way through and through. It's like every deck is just busted. It's like a bad cube draft. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it's, it's, what it it's feels like. It's like cube every drafting with with somebody's cube that's like, you know, it's like sometimes you play those low power cubes and <laughs> they're they can be fun, but you're like, I kind of crave a little bit more power in the cube. It's like that, except way lower power even than that, you know. <laughs> I was doing some of the drafting of like the Cal Kaldesh uh, Kaladesh uh remastered, and that was interesting. And while I had some fun, you know reminiscing about the time when we were all drafting in hawaii uh getting ready for that pro tour way back in the day it, it was weird having like i'm like how have i drafted this like four times and i have not seen a rene renegade rallyer or what whatever the car was that was like a four three yeah they took it out right yeah, yeah they just took it out i'm like wow the best card i just cannot find one and it's an artifact and then someone finally told me like on the third draft I'm like that's not even in here man like kind of like when so, they took uh, pack rat out of the packs and people still were winning their pre-release with pack rat <laughs> what you guys were, is that real oh oh you don't know this story all right we're switching back to the aspros real quick yeah. Ryan, right. the floor is yours so uh Return to Ravnica. Okay. Circa, ooh, what was that? 2012? 13? Yeah. 11? That. Somewhere in that area, era. Um, I want to say it was Yeah, we 13. played Golgari or something at like Cleveland. or Yeah, I think it was Cleveland. Pro Tour Cleveland. It was the last Pro Tour, right? I, I, no, 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 no. That's, that's way too modern. I'm talking return oh. to Ravnica. You're, you're oh, talking. okay, that was a Ravnica, yeah. Yeah, you're talking like Ravnica, you're talking guilds and, and allegiance and stuff. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Yeah, I'm talking return to Ravnica, Del, you know, like Delver era. Um, oh, okay. They had, uh, like, Packrat was in that set and was basically unbeatable and limited if you were on the play and played a Packrat. Your opponent had one turn to have a removal spell or the game was over. Uh, mm -hmm. So for Guild Packs, which was the next set, since pre-releases back then had this really novel idea I'm going to explain to you, where you got like some packs that were one set and some packs were a different set and you actually got to play sealed those two sets together. No, they mixed the packs together, though, right? Like they're all in one booster. No, they were separate boosters. But okay. um, so that they had that. And like, so there, you know, there was Return to Ravnica packs that you would have access to. And they removed Pack Rat so that it could not be opened during the pre-release because it was such an oppressive thing. Like they were specialized packs, I think, for the pre-release um, <laughs> that had special cards. But yet there were still stories of people winning their pre-releases with Pack Rat. <laughs> Just people cheating and putting pack rats in? Yes. Oh, and promoting it on social media because they didn't know that they couldn't open it. Yep. <laughs> people, oh! Oh uh, my god. People told on themselves there. Care to name any names? I no, mean, I think that seems no. like an Aspros podcast no, thing to do. No, 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 no. No, no, no we're not naming names. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in a name-naming space <laughs> at this point. Is this you coming clean, Brian, that you finally are coming clean by putting pack rats in your pre-release? No, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that's, it, uh, it, that's it was, absurd. It was really funny, though. Um, but yeah, so 
So yeah, the double feature is coming out. And then, yeah, so after Kamigawa, I think the set that I'm most excited about, though, is Streets of New Capenna. I don't know exactly how to say it, but the reason is because we're going back to Tricolor. Mm. So this means that I believe that we'll get the, the yeah, final triumphs. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also we're going to get ally triumphs, which I like. So I love the enemy stuff, but the enemy stuff always is, in my opinion, overpowered. Like, I just think that like any enemy combination just has better cards than like Naya. I don't yeah. know why. It's just like when you pair green and blue or green and black, the cards are just better because the, the color pie is better. Yeah, I, I um, think that can just say something about the color combination that you get good creatures with great disruption in no matter which color you pick there with green, black or green, blue. But I totally agree. Those decks have been historically dominant in standard throughout the years. Yeah. And so but I still just like I also like tricolored sets. I also like the idea of this. Now, if if, if you saw this, Brian, it's like five crime families yeah it, it it looks pretty cool like i uh the whole like demon angel stuff i i think it's i i, I enjoy that from a flavor standpoint so i think yeah and i love how like the, the the demon is like kind of got like a fucking mafia suit on so speaking of uh <laughs> speaking of these sets being years in the making and things that were uh popular yeah. at the time of does yeah. that not look like thanos oh almost 100%. it looks like that it just looks like thanos <laughs> it looks exactly color yeah. yeah when did endgame really come out does. when did that come out <laughs> yeah instead of having the infinity glove on his hand he just has a wedding ring like yeah it's it's the only change <laughs> yeah no I, I i truly believe that a lot of the stuff is just taken from the big pop cultures because i mean like i don't know fortnite doesn't seem like it's from pop culture that much <laughs> dude okay any, everyone <laughs> out there just just hear me out hear me out when you open when you open event link right or not event link it's it's called something else for the companion app? So i know it is the companion app yeah when you open the companion app does it not look like hearthstone art yeah it's because it's familiarizing th- that clientele it's it's an acquisition marketing decision. It has to be because none of that art on it is a, looks anything like magic art mm-hmm. at all. It it looks straight up Hearthstone. I mean, a, a lot of the things they've been doing have have screamed pushing in that direction, though, too. You know, even this historic set that comes out today, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, you know, being able to change cards only for digital i mean stuff oh, like that well, that's, like that's all that like kind game of stuff design stuff sense. i agree i agree on that but i'm talking like just it, it it just hits you right like the i'm saying that all the aesthetics have a ton of purpose behind them yeah oh for sure they don't they don't do anything not on purpose i will say in defense of uh the enemy <laughs> defense of the dark arts or whatever however you want to say it um <laughs> that when it comes to some of the stuff that we're like pointing out, it's like feels derivative. Um, at the same time, like everything, everything is derivative, basically. Like there's, I, I don't know. I'd have to look up the quote or whatever, but, and, and who said it, I want to say it was like Shakespeare, but maybe it was somebody else, but there's only like, you know, seven stories that can be told or something, you know, like everything mm-hmm. can be derived down to like some basic storytelling premise. Um, yeah. 
And so even 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 religions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Uh, honestly, even in like advertisement kind of sociology stuff, like learning what kind of colors advertisers use that draw in certain kind of things and stuff like that, like all that stuff is, you know, so so directional. Can I ask? There's only three base colors. What? Yeah. (laughs) Can I ask? Can I can I can I ask bros real quick? Yeah, ask it up, up, man. Perfect. Great. All right. Give us a full ass. Go straight right, ass to mouth, Brad. No, All right, ass to mouth it is. Um, <laughs> so, Jesus Christ, a, a friend of mine from back in North Dakota just asked me what my podcast and Twitch was because the, her her like teenage child is getting into magic, and he's like, "Well, he used to be my friend. He's probably got some good content for my child to listen to." Ooh. Um, whew, anyway, <laughs> um, uh, better text so, that person back. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, my, 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 my Aspros segment right now is about the sunny skies marketing plan that, um, TNT, I believe did, um, was it Dynamite? I believe it was TNT. No, I think it was TNT. Oh, Who did, nice. w- which, which had like, um, the here, I'm just going to Google it real quick. So I know exactly what, so we're talking about Aspros podcast and sunny is this is this an is this like a subliminal advertisement for perineum sunbathing, Brad? Uh, no, it is not anything to do with perineum sunbathing. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, what, what, what is perineum sunbathing? Do oh, I'm, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Yeah, please. It tell, is tell. it is where one goes outside and enjoys uh, the art of sunbathing their taint. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. You, How do you do that? Do you like do a handstand and? Oh no! You lay on your back and you spread eagle to the sky. Oh, okay. Oh, so your normal way of uh, tanning? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you should. That that was a shorter way to explain that to me, Brian. Thanks. <laughs> Man, I don't. I can't even find. So, so Psych was one of them, the show Psych, but I can't even find what it originally aired on. I think it was USA. Um, but that the, the station. Yeah, the station USA network was tanking. They they were losing all their viewers, everything. And they brought in this this uh lady. I don't remember her name. I can't find exactly if it's called Sunny Skies. This is this is terrible because it's off the cuff. But her marketing plan was everything is sunny and beautiful. All of our commercials are gonna be outside with the sun. All of our shows are gonna be by the ocean. Are they gonna be shot the ocean? Every time you go from commercials back. It's like shots of the beach, people hanging out at the beach, and they called it the Sunny Skies Initiative or something. And without a doubt, all of their shows did this, and it it, it saved the entire network. Wow! Just and 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 if you watch the shows like Psych, or there was one about a guy that was like a thief, and he helped people fight other thieves. I don't remember what it was called, sure. but there's a bunch of. But if you go and research this, it's really crazy. And if you ever watch just the intros of all of it, every single time they come back from commercial, it's just shots of a beach, the sun, people sunbathing, people playing out in the sun. They're all on the beaches. It's all sunny out when like there's barely any time that they're they're interacting in the dark unless the narrative takes them there. Mm-hmm. They're always walking down by the beach or walking down the street with with sunlight. And it just worked. And it's just marketing people at homes and were whoever they just wanted to feel like they were there. 
Yeah, that stuff is so interesting to me because it, you know, I mean, that that kind of stuff works. And it's ironic that Psych was one of the shows trying to, like, experiment with psychology of all their, yeah. of all their viewers, you know? Speaking <laughs> on this same topic of psychology, I recently read a book called uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. And it was a very interesting book. Um, and it was about how the brain thinks. Um, we have our conscious thought and our subconscious um, and this and our subconscious is basically always operating. And then we, you know, have the ability we sometimes choose to use our our basically take the time to stop and think about things instead of just going off our gut instincts. But the interesting, really interesting part of the book is how our subconscious affects even our conscious thinking without us knowing it in ways that are mind blowing. So, for example, and and I don't know, like, you know, some of the stuff, maybe there wasn't it's an incredible amount of rigor in, in the testing of it. But, for example, one of the studies that they did was they had people uh, tell them their social or like phone number. That's what it was. Not social. But it was like they had people. Yeah, everyone at home play along. <laughs> yeah, everyone play along. It's great. No, uh, they, had, they had them tell their, their phone number. Um, just just uh, recite the full phone number digits. And then they would ask them questions with no relation to the phone number whatsoever. And people who provide people who they asked about the uh, to just say the digits of their phone number beforehand, they would ask them like financial type questions or whatever. And people who had said their phone number beforehand uh, generally gave higher estimates, like money-wise, for the various questions that were being asked than people who didn't. And the conclusion was basically the fact that just the process of stating a huge digit um, got your mind to think bigger on on some of these other stuff, even though it was completely unrelated to any of the follow-up questions. And wow. that's, I, I want to try this real quick. All right. So my phone number is five, four, oh, three. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> see, see, that's really interesting, Brian, because I think you just did a, you know, a, a kind of experiment on us, because right when you said book, just me and Brad completely went blank and didn't hear anything else <laughs> right. you said. So I think that's, you know, it's it's that's a really cool experiment you did there. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, there's a lot of things in there that were um, that were really interesting and kind of game theory esque in a way too. And I don't know. Yeah. It was it was a it was a great read. Like I would recommend it. Um, oh, honestly, that's the, know, that's the one type of book I truly would actually not mind reading. You know, I'm I'm not a not a big fan of, of reading. I just don't have the attention span for it. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know me, but I love psychology and sociology stuff like that. That was that was always the main thing. Um, when I was in college, I would seek out any kind of class that had anything to do with with those two topics. Yeah, the primary topic of the book was tr like to tr demonstrate the absurd biases that our minds have, and mm -hmm. in like to help you understand how to uh, like counter them basically. And, and to demonstrate that in some ways, like, like subconscious things just happen. Like, even if you're actively trying to counter your biases, there are things okay. that will just subconsciously affect how you think, like without you even knowing that's the case. And it, it just made me think of like, 
how insanely powerful advertising is. And oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like it, the book was written in the nineties, but it, it seemed incredibly relevant to like the world today where misinformation is just like crushing us like as a yeah. society um, because of the internet, like we just have access to it, untold amount of information compared to what we've ever had before. And people yeah. are getting better and better at how to spread misinformation, even in like su- subtle sub- subconscious ways. I don't know. It's really interesting. And, well, yeah, it, it, it's so true because it's also just, and, and you wonder why people want to do that. It's because like most of the time the misinformation is going to make the person more money than information. In a lot of ways, misinformation just sells more, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's a better story. Mm-hmm. Gets more like clicks. I, yeah. Like, yeah, like if I tell the truth is like, you know, what did Brian do yesterday? I don't know, probably sat around the house. Uh, you know, or I could, you know, tell the actual truth and say, what did Brian do? Oh, he went on a killing spree. Mm-hmm. Brian is a murderer. Or or and he's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> Or even like the the clicky things where it's like, you know, there's a picture of like a show that's really popular and it'll say like Netflix has canceled these shows and it's like actually not one of those shows that they show a picture yes. of. You know, it's like it's it's like classic conditioning, you know, it's like Pavlov's dog kind of shit that we all get kind of just trained into so many things from the media um you know i, I yeah I, it, it's pretty wild oh yeah um, like those speak- uh clickbait like things where it's like uh top 40 whatever like or like 40 like crazy stories about this and the picture is yeah. always like some attractive woman or whatever oh, you know yeah. like it's like yeah. it's like that 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 woman isn't featured in the story at all at yeah. all it is <laughs> saw, just to draw one. you in like i had i got drawn in on one that said like 20 famous people and where they are and now that just work normal nine to fives and they have yeah. like a pretty, I thought, famous actor. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I click on it and they're just like, oh, they just quit acting to go run this million dollar company. And it's like, that yes. is not a normal nine to five job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I saw the same thing. Like, look at the look at the actress, where they were and where they are now. And it was like, you won't believe how far they've far, fallen off. And it's like Mila Kunis and Ashen Kutcher. And it's like, no, she's still acting, doing things. And she's not even in the article. Yeah, you know? just, like, yeah. yeah that's, that's just getting the eyeballs. I mean, speaking of yeah. Pavlov, though, Corey said it. And mm-hmm. I just want to tell you guys. Amber made me realize that D had Pavlov'd me. Mm. <laughs> um, so we have these bells. You remember the bells, Brian? Yep. And we have these bells and we put them on the back door. So like when she has to go to the bathroom, she rings them. She yeah. Pavlov's you for cigarettes? <laughs> no, no. She was she rings the bells. So so now, though, what happened is she rings the bell to go outside. And no matter what I'm doing, I just get up to go let her out. <laughs> Without subconsciously, like I might be on my phone, I might be on my laptop. I hear the bell, I, I stand up, you know, yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. start moving. And I was like, holy shit, you are actually Pavlov. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, I am. Because I subconsciously make these actions when I hear the bell. Who's trained who here? Like, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. She's, she's regressing and she's been kind of bad lately. And I don't really know what to do. We got to figure out a new thing. Her whole her whole dynamic has changed. She misses but, my sweet puppy. We know it. Yeah, and those <laughs> neck bites. Yeah, God, those <laughs> dogs, those dogs. But yeah, so let's get back to this because there's a few more things just to touch on, and and mostly it's like the crossovers. I think I think we'll end with the crossovers here because yeah, there's sets coming out. I'm excited about them. Yeah, but at the I'm at excited the same for the time, standard sets for sure. 
Like, well, I'm excited if the cards aren't how they've been. Like, the, I saw a conversation online, and I thought like the points people were making were kind of ridiculous about like how to fix it. But they're like the draw should have a better catch up mechanic because mm-hmm. of magic. And this is just stuff that we've harped forever on the podcast, which yeah. is just no one runs out of cards anymore. Yeah, everything flows like and and that kind of magic. The retention level on that is just bad like you know what i like about storybook brawl so far it's the first time where i felt very tanked into my decisions and my decisions really really got me like i made a mistake and it ruined my entire lineup for the rest of the game yeah yeah and i mean and honestly like i i guess that's pretty much modern in a nutshell right now like every single literal minor decision it usually has a big impact on the game and that's why it's enjoyable. You know, it's not every nah, card. But it's still super powerful. It's still snowball yeah. Like There's some decks that are snowball There's some decks that are snowball that never run out of steam. But, you know, usually the decks that are higher powered do run out of steam. Um, you know, Lurus is a big problem with that, that there's always a little bit more gas in the tank. But outside of that, I think it's it's pretty much modern in a nutshell. Modern's I, been like I that mean, forever, really. Like, honestly, modern mm-hmm. is is always been a very high variance format, but it's also been a very high skill format exactly okay yeah. okay i but i don't into some degrees i don't even agree anymore like some of these decks are just they're still velocity driven i'm talking about velocity driven magic yeah and like i've been playing this jund deck it's a jund Dolores deck brian mm-hmm. and it's got urza saga and ren ren and six it's got the the one drop package of darcy and um regavan yeah and then tarmogoyf those are the three creatures in the deck and then it's got Loris and this deck. I mean, I was playing it and someone's like, you know, everyone makes the stupid joke. I'm so sick of it already in chat. It's like, is this the Zoomer or the Boomer John? I'm like, my Jun decks used to play Olivia and they they did something, you know, <laughs> like this is, of course, a Zoomer deck. Like you've got Unholy Heat. It's one man to kill whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's not it's playing like, four mana cards at all, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. yeah, like the and and the 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 deck is like disturb. It's the most disturbing Jun deck I ever played. Like I played against like Tron, and I just had Ghost Quarter plus Red and Six. I'm like, you're dead. <laughs> like you can't yeah. win. You can't yeah. do anything. Yeah, we played that for the. I haven't played it yet, but we played against it on Versus on Tuesday, and it was just uh, Grixis Death Shadow Gauntlet. And that was the last match, and wow, was that deck impressive but we we just had an insanely fun match i, I don't oh, yeah, i don't know this first that john i think are both awesome like yeah, both great decks yeah you you really do have to give up a lot to play luris though like like you said you can't play olivia Uldaren, and luris that's the same true deck. can't play Bloodbraid elf that's like two cards in one you know that's speaking of olivia olivia is the the crimson vow oh really so yeah that's 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 olivia on that art Oh, okay. Olivia okay. is the bride. Gotcha. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what, you know, hopefully Olivia costs two or less so we can play her with Loris. Um, that's just that's just now how I I, I think of things. It's like, gotcha. I sure hope this card is pushed beyond belief so I can play with my Loris. <laughs> <laughs> what have you become, Brad? <laughs> can, hey, Olivia, can you at least, can you cost two mana and have seven toughness so you beat an Oli, <laughs> yeah, please? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just praying that standard is back to just some some no, like aggro decks do not draw cards constantly, you know, well, that's not going to happen. I mean, you uh-huh. already know, like mono green already does. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a it, like yeah. the, it, it makes sense why they're designing it like that, because 
for people who play MTG Arena, um, not like degenerates, that kind of magic is fun because they play, you know, their their one or two games a day, or to to get their yeah. like thing, uh, or they complete their quest, you know, a couple times a week or whatever. Yep. Getting they don't want to get mana flooded and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they don't want to get yeah. flooded. They don't want to screw they don't want to get screwed. Like they they want to play a game where they get to play functional magic throughout. It's only like super annoying when you're jamming it on the level that like we would jam it, where it's like I played 60 hours this week, you know, like whatever. <laughs> it's like that's where it becomes so tedious to have games drag on forever. To never be able to build your deck or win just because your opponent's going to flood out. Like, that used to be the control deck thing. It's like, I'm going to win because my opponent's going to start drawing garbage at some point in this game. You know, they're going to draw lands. They're going to draw, like, two drops that suck. And that's, like, my plan to win uh, is is for that to happen while I'm drawing Sphinx's Revelations or whatever. But mm-hmm. now that just doesn't happen. It's like, oh, they did draw a two drop and it has a seven mana ability that produces a sig- significant amount of advantage or whatever. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Every right. every two drop in, in these green decks gains card advantage. Every single one. Yeah. Or has the ability to gain card advantage. Mm-hmm. Every card in the mono green deck has the ability to gain card advantage, in all honesty. Like, in the new standard, every single one has, like, a replacement effect. Like, if you target it, you get a token. If it attacks, you draw a card. It levels because it's a class. It, if it dies, you get to equip it to a forest to make another 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, like, that's true. Kind We're of, doomed already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with New Standard. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually looking forward to Historic, but I'm very scared of the red cards. That Like, the red cards just seem so much better than everything else. Like yeah. Darcy and Unholy Heat and Season Pyromancer, like I think Phoenix just getting Unholy Heat makes it really good. There's people talking about mono red, um, <clears throat> hollowed one decks might be popular. We still have well, to make sure anything can beat Jeskai <laughs> Control because that's the best deck. Well, if you're listening to this right at 11 a.m. Eastern time, tune in two hours from now where we're going to test that out on Versus Live. We're playing Historic tomorrow with all those cards. It should be pretty fun. Oh, cool. You know, like when you meet somebody and you forget their name and it's been like eight months and you're too embarrassed to ask. (laughs) Yeah, all the time. I'm Corey, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck is Darcy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, sorry. Dragon Rage Channeler. (laughs) Okay, all right. Everyone, everyone, it's the short, the shorthand is is Darcy. Yeah, yeah. DRC. It's DRC, but yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> who the hell is darcy? i've never heard of darcy until this podcast oh really no i just said drc yeah oh, okay then yeah. then y- y'all aren't uh spike fans because i watch a lot of inspired spike and he calls it darcy uh, all the time i am a spike fan his stream is sweet but beat him the other day apparently not oh, nice. yeah. apparently You're the not spike, bro. yeah <laughs> i mean these new kids are coming up they think they're the fucking hot shots now I, I I played him in my first league with my first time playing a deck beat shot of him. Oh yeah, yeah Brad, I'm, didn't you say that you were gonna be like you were gonna put up two hundred subs if you were not the gifted if you if you weren't the sub leader for next season against Spike? 
No, 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 no. I said that I would give up 200 if uh, I finished the season with no trophies. Oh, I swear that you wanted me to put that on record that next season you were going to challenge Aspiring Spike to his modern trophy leader. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would beat him <laughs> if I tried. Oh, yeah, it, it would take a lot of work. It would take a lot of work. Yeah, it would take way more work than I'm, I'm willing to put in. <laughs> I'm, I, I'd rather play the other formats. But yeah, so I just want to talk about one thing. There, there, there's a lot of crossovers with like Warhammer and and um, Fortnite. Fortnite. And I could give a shit about all of that because that doesn't <laughs> interest me. But the straight to modern, which is kind of a negative, but full Lord of the Rings set mm. is getting me pretty hot and bothered because also yeah. Amber's excited about it. And like, this is the kind of thing like, if Wizards has me saying, oh, wow, Amber is actually going to want to collect some of these cards. We're going to play some seals with this stuff. They're doing we're their job fun with it. <laughs> they're doing a pretty cool job if they're getting Amber back in because Amber liked magic for a little bit, but then like totally got off it just because of like a lot of the just it, it didn't hook her. Right. And and uh, well, she was there for a while, but she gave up in the last few years. But now this is going to draw her back in um, to at least want some product. And. There's a lot of fucking Lord of the Ring fans. I wonder how yeah. much the IP cost them, though. Holy shit. Lord of the Rings <laughs> IP? Yeah, dude. That's got to be expensive, right? Like, that's got to be super expensive. Their, their, their budget for the TV show is a billion dollars. Yeah, one does not just walk their way into a Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no. Shit. No, they don't. I, I, I love Lord of the Rings so much. Like, I, I'm so happy that the movies were great because I grew up as a kid reading those books. When I was, I read, I read uh, The Hobbit and, and the three Lord of the Rings books. I read those so many times when I was a kid. And I love, like, that was my first foray into fantasy. And, and like, I, you know, being, being a homeschooled, sheltered kid, like, that was what I had. You know, I had Lord of the Rings and that was it. So like that, that was, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's kind of a mixture of nostalgia, but actually just, I still love it now. And, and I don't even think it's just nostalgia. I just, I love Lord of the Rings so much. And it, I'm really excited by this too, even though I like, I don't really like the whole crossover thing that much. This is yeah. like the exception for me. Like I'm, I'm super stoked about this too. Oh, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm all for it now. Like I don't have the same, like, so I just want the gameplay of Magic to be better. Yeah. But I'm not a purist that it's like, it has to come from Dominaria and it has to be in the match. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, cr crew the fucking Millennial Falcon with Rick Grimes. I don't give a shit. Rick Grimes? <laughs> Rick and Morty, motherfucker. Think, yeah. Think bigger than Rick Grimes. Yeah, I uh well, Rick Grimes is an actual magic card. I know it is. I know. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> so I'm the like, Millennium Falcon. I'm I'm like I would say like a half purist. Like I I think a lot of the appeal of magic is the flavor of the game. Um hmm. I, I think it's I think it's huge, like a huge part of magic's appeal, even to competitive players who don't think it is. Like I think a huge part of magic's appeal is the flavor. And I think that magic having its own sense of flavor and being like its own world building and own universe is part of the appeal of why that flavor is cool to me. Magic just taking other worlds and, and making a card game off of them is not as cool to me. Um, 
Oh, it's definitely not as it's definitely not as cool in that sense. Yeah, it like to me, it's just it, it like I'm I don't care about like like any of the stuff that people are super purity aspect driven about. Like like mm-hmm. uh, like I hate so people are like, oh, I hate these full arts or I hate like the the Amonkhet special, whatever they were called, like. You know, they I hate all the weird arts and, and like weird stuff. It's like I am not a purist about any of that. I think that stuff's cool as yeah. shit. Like I love all that wacky art, alternate art, full text. Oh, break. Oh, give me that. I'm just shit. gonna tell you. I'm just gonna say it. I, I I sympathize because I deal with it sometimes with melee. The all of the alternate arts of things suck somewhat from the business the people that are in the business of magic that aren't just about selling cards oh yeah i mm-hmm. I, I imagine that's that's awful but. oh it's it's awful there's like 18 different variations and yeah like and- we have api with <laughs> with scryfall and sometimes scryfall will just like have a different version up and there's like different languages and different options there's just a million like you know i can i sympathize with some companies that like you know just all that and also what I found out about the mystery boosters is they forgot to put a stamp on some of the cards, so that just generates another branch of new cards unintentionally. Yeah, yeah, and from the coverage aspect, all the all the different style of cards can be rough for that. It hasn't been as bad with all digital because there's only so many that it can be. But man, I was just looking at like some old coverage and some of just the random stuff you see. It's like, what the hell is that card? It's like, like oh, the Deceive Dryad Arbor. Yeah. The, the, the Deceive Dryad Arbor match. Still one of my favorite, but one of the funniest moments in Magic. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's just like that guy's being shady as hell. And the Steve gets got by it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I remember. I remember it being a buzz, but it was I just like that Dryad Arbor that's just a forest. Yeah. 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 yeah like, and 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 he got got real bad by it um because he thought his opponent just played a forest because the opponent yeah. made it look like he played a forest yeah you know <laughs> like scummy <laughs> um but yeah like I, I i do agree like having to read every card or whatever like i mean i'm a, but also at the same time like i i need my decks to all be uniform but I do just want to play one tournament where I have 75 unique pieces of art. <laughs> <laughs> just watch the world burn kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And when you're when you're just playing, you can just pick it up, look at a card, be like, oh, that's what that does. Sure, it looks kind of weird. That's fine. You know, but from coverage standpoints, from the tech side, from melee, like things can be Get wrong good, there. Noob. Yeah. Huh? Get good, noob. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the reason that I think the flavor of the game matters so much is because it it and and like this this was a huge thing when we played that uh grand prix in uh where was it we got going places again was oh. it japan that we played a grand prix in japan at some point i mean i we played did. a grand prix in a lot of places at some point yeah we, yeah. Played, a, we played a couple in japan okay but any, anyway we played we played when i think it was i think it was japan and like uh you know can't read any of the cards Knowing the art is how we played that Grand Prix. Oh, yeah, it was a sealed, yes. right? Yeah, like doing doing deck registration for that. I was like, oh, well, this, this, be rough. this is this this is tough because all of these alternate arts aren't for competitive. Tournament magic, right? Like yeah. the reason all this happens is so people can customize their commander decks. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that, like, I, I think that there's a huge value in the flavor of the game. Um, in in our ability to process the game, in our ability to understand the game, and that massively affects our enjoyment. 
So there is something to be lost when um, you no longer can recognize what is or isn't a magic card. And I think they're definitely like kind of towing the line on that stuff. However, with that being said, like as a standalone thing, separate from the game as a whole, I think these crossover things are really, really cool. And and oftentimes, yeah, oftentimes super creative with like awesome art and stuff. And, you know, I, I I hope there's really cool Lord of the Rings cards that play into like the, the iconic moments in the movies and stuff that are like meme worthy and all that other stuff. Like that would make me super happy. So it's just going to be soul ring reprinted. But, you know, like with uh, his precious. Yeah, his precious ring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just can't good. wait. I can't wait to know what they do with the elven bread. Probably throw it off it's the el- cliff. I would have to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sprinkle it on, sprinkle it on the shirt and toss it. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. And then at the end, we all can agree though, right? The, that no, none of us know what the Fortnite product is for who that's marketing for. It's for Corey. <laughs> Cause there's no crossover for Fortnite and magic. Oh, no it's, it's for Corey. Corey loves Fortnite's. I love it. I love Fortnite. It's my favorite measurement of time. <laughs> yeah. Hit Corey up when it's two weeks till that product comes out. No yeah, deal. actually, you know what? It's a full Fortnite until me, Brian, and Brad will be all together on the podcast. That's sad. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it'll be a few weeks. And I'm going to have to figure out what I'm no, going to do Fortnite, next week. Brad. Yeah, what's fuck you both all right we're moving into the cast and crew thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the bachelor's podcast if you don't know the cast and crew is our wonderful supporters on patreon.com uh slash bachelor's podcast you all are keeping us afloat and paying our uh editor so thank you very much for doing that if you would like to be a part of the the uh, cast and crew or support us, please go to bash the patreon.com slash bachelor's podcast (laughs) and uh, support us today Anyway, take it off, Corey, with the first member of our casting crew. All right, casting crew. First up, we got Tosilo. And, you know, Tosilo still is kind of in that uh, purgatory area of we do not know exactly what Tosilo does. We uh, we need you to reach out um, to our HR department, which is our Discord I mean, chat, know, and reapply. I know Tosilo hangs out in my uh, Discord channel and in the, the in our Bash Bros, too. So yeah. And my and my streams. He's our he's our good buddy. But yeah, we don't. So far, he just kind of walks around the office and I guess consults on things. But yeah, we don't have a full for sure job for Tosilo. How long ago did um, he get fired? Uh, Nine weeks ago. Yeah, something like that. Ooh, that was a trap four question. Fortnites. That was a trap question. You failed the trap, Corey. Oh, four, four, four nights ago. Four and a yeah, half that's Damn right. It. Yeah. Oh ah. man, I was. Wow. Lying in wait for that one. All right, Get edit that fucked. out, Jonathan. No, edit that keep, out. It, keep it in there. <laughs> keep that next in there. Up we got, next up, we have Adam, who is BBD's personal hype man. And so uh, when when you're starting to learn, you know, you're, you're learning uh, game design, right? Yeah. Yeah, Unity. Um, what's it like to have somebody, you know, screaming in your ear every time that you write a line of code? <laughs> you know, it, it gets tedious because it's <laughs> it's like, oh, that that's an error. That's that's another <laughs> error. You, you can't figure out what that error is, can you? Yeah, zero zero one 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 zero. Woo! You're that's that doesn't happen at all in coding. Oh, but okay. you're googling. Yeah, you're, you know, you're googling that error. I mean, it does happen in like assembly language coding, but that's what I was speaking of, Brian. Oh yes, yes, yes. Are. 
I, I took a class on that for it was only like a fortnight long, but yeah, mm. it was a good one. I was about to say that I I took that when I was in college and then calculated in fortnights, but let's not do that. Yeah, we, we've we've hit our quota of Fortnite jokes, I think. All right, we got Brandon, the official BBP spokesperson slash scapegoat, will be a, in an increasingly more important role once we get the Astros podcast going. Because <laughs> we'll probably be uh, needing the old uh, the old scapegoat a Rooney public public uh, addresses on our yeah things that we say. So next up, we got Steve. New job here. Steve, unfortunately, was Brad's delivery driver, but actually was not getting his stuff either. Didn't get his truck. So he has now quit jobs and is now the Bash Bros podcast task rabbit. So now just at the office, whenever some tasks come along, Steve just puts it all together. Uh, You know, whenever a desk finally arrives, Steve puts it together. You know, whenever a food order comes, he eats all the food. It's a it's a it's a very useful thing. Sounds great. (laughs) I'm so sad. I want my stuff. (laughs) And I think that's why Steve uh, switched jobs. Truly, he's, uh, you know, trying to be unity with you. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. All right. Next up, we got DJ, who is the official copycat of the Bash Bros podcast. I don't. I still. I, I don't know where to go with that one. DJ, DJ, tell us, tell us what to do with the. Tell us what a copycat is. 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 Speaking of tell copy, us what a copycat is. Speaking of copycatting, we are in a circular loop surrounding Bino Gatista. So mm. last we saw Bino, he was uh, escaping from prison via a long tunnel full of nothing but sewage. Mm. Um, ignoring for Rough. the fact that uh, it would be impossible to survive for that long in a tunnel of that length um, because you would die. But somehow Bino <laughs> didn't die and yeah. he, he escaped and he actually found his way to uh, to Mexico again. Yeah. Back in Mexico, he's now working on a boat. So what's he doing there? Uh, he's hanging out with one of his uh, prison buddies, actually. OK, well, yeah, they're 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 now living a uh, relaxing boat life. Huh. Well, let's hope the Wi-Fi is good so we can get him on the podcast for next week while we're gone. But yeah, that doesn't sound great. Yeah. Next up, we got S. Sarudi, and that is our business analyst. Anytime we got some spreadsheets coming in that need analyzing, we really get it going. Going to need that with the Aspros podcast here a lot as well. So tons of analing. Ton of it. All right. After uh, that, Brad? we got oh, redacted, yeah. uh, followed yeah. by Wapa. Wapa is... <laughs> Brad's personal barista and dog walker. Uh, gotta ask though, has Wapa also been Pavloved? Ooh. I'm pretty sure Wapa has. Yeah. That's a good point. Because every time Wapa sees the tweet that the episode's out, he does something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That doesn't seem unique to Wapa. That seems to be a common refrain. We're Pavlov dogging the entire magic community to go do something else when they see our advertisement for a podcast. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. And we can blame all of that on Adham. That is our ghost writer. So if you don't like what we say, blame Adham. You know, he writes everything. Uh, it's your fault, Adham. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. David Watt is next up. And that is our special guest screener. Uh, and uh, David, I actually need you to come to work next week because we don't have a special guest lined up. So. Or a host. So you're gonna have to. Yeah, or a host. So you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to send me a message, and we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to work this out between yeah. us. Okay. Bbd's wall staring photographer. Who is it? Wow. It's Paul. Well, thank you, Paul, for being our our, our wall staring photographer. Job okay. well done. All right. Next okay. up, we got Phil, and Phil is just. Day in and day out, you know, putting blood, sweat and tears into the company, just making sure that everything is, you know, in order. Everything is just going great. So and he's Phil a does task it rabbit. Yeah, I I'm not really sure if that's an accurate depiction, actually. I'm not I'm not totally sure what to call Phil. <laughs> My new fucking mover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know what they do either. We got Sultan Abbasi, who is our designated mana dork. And uh, I think I think for this week, our mana dork is uh, is uh, Chumwise. Or it's the Street Fighter character. I think it's go- no, that's- Golden Chicken. Gold, yes! <laughs> it is Golden Chicken! <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. Corey has no idea what we're no, talking he about. Doesn't. That's Golden Chicken. No, All I right. guess I don't. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got Eric Nall. That is the BBP head of health and safety. Whew. There's been a lot of violations in that regard. There has. A lot of them. Well, yeah. Thanks for keeping us safe, at least, Eric. We appreciate you. Next up, we got Gare Meldy, and that is our merch store manager. If you want to be the second person to ever buy a shirt, you can contact Gare and get into that merch store and check it out. Hell Yeah. All right, next up, we got Patrick, who's our office party coordinator. And uh, uh, I mean, can you help me coordinate a party with two dogs and a standard format? Because that's that's my weekend, Patrick. Yeah, I'll be dog, I'll be dog sitting Henry while Corey's out. And uh, we're just going to party with two dogs and some adventure creatures. Whoa, whoa. Ooh, bark, bark. And Victor's going to be there, too, because when Brad wins the tournament, he'll get he'll acquire a first place trophy which requires the holder of a first place trophy. And that is Victor's job. And last but not least, if he fails or succeeds, Dr. Unks will always be there to uh, bring up the rear. And that is our resident proctologist. We'll always make sure we're cleared out and ready for our next event. Well, that'll do it for our cast and crew. Everyone. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you have any, uh, you know, for all of you out there that are still listening, that, our supporters of the show let us know in the in the discord about uh your ideas on the ass bros if you like it if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about and we'll ignore all of that yeah perfect Perfect. for sure (laughs) all right until next time we'll talk to y'all later